educate yourselves, know your rights, yep. advocate for your well-being, mm -hmm. and um, have a support system. Mm -hmm. Use that support and enjoy the journey. It goes very fast. Hello, everyone. I'm Kenzie McEvely, the producer and host of McGowan Braybender's Employee Benefits Podcast, Side Effects. Today, I'm joined by two of my coworkers. Erin Wessner is MB's HR generalist. She graduated from the University of Dayton and has been with MB for 11 years. Tiffany Cook has been our population health manager for the last nine years and studied at the University of Kentucky. Both of these women are mothers and knowledgeable about pregnancy benefits and resources. They are the perfect subject matter experts for today's show about navigating pregnancy, maternity leave, and postpartum life. We wanted to add a disclaimer that we are not employment law attorneys, and our discussion is based on our personal experiences. This conversation was so enlightening, and we hope it can help all expecting parents. We use a lot of examples from MB and hope that some of our practices can give ideas to other organizations that want to add some more special perks and benefits for pregnant employees. Without further delay, let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first episode of 2024. I'm so excited for today's show, and we have tapped into two McGowan Braybender special e experts of this field. So we are going to talk to population health manager Tiffany Cook and human resources generalist Aaron Wessner. Um, so welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank and you for having us. Yes, and Tiffany, you've been on our podcast before. Yes. And Erin, this is your first time. It is my first time. So very so exciting. Yay, yeah. I know. <laughs> All right. So not only are these two experts in their roles, they're also my friends, which is extra fun because this is a very special topic to me. I just had a baby in August of 2023 yeah. and Mia... Love her. Well, maybe we'll show a picture <laughs> of her on here. <laughs> and you two both helped me a ton during the pregnancy journey, maternity leave, postpartum, returning to work. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's it tough. It's a lot. Definitely a lot. And so I, I keep saying I don't think I could have done it successfully without the both of you. So Aww. thank you both Aww. for your help Glad during this. Help. Yeah. Absolutely. And I thought we could share the knowledge and the wealth with everyone, all of our listeners. Yes, so definitely. So we're going to jump into this too. And as you both are moms yourself, mm -hmm. so we're going to ask some of your own personal experiences as well. Sounds good. Um, so if you want to share um, your children's names and ages with our listeners, Without sure. being, you know, PHI, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Just let us know your peeps. Sure, sure. Well, we, my husband and I um, have our one and only son, Luke, mm -hmm. who is 15 and a half. So we're getting ready for driving, which okay. is kind of scary. Oh, boy. So, and I, I just like to say, you know, it goes quickly. So savor all those baby moments. I know, <laughs> I know. So, but he's amazing and, you know, can't imagine life without him. So yeah. awesome. All right, and then my husband and I have three little girls, a yes. four-year-old named Madeline, a three-year-old named Caroline, and a 10-month-old named Alexandra. Yes, and so you just, I mean, not recently, but you just experienced the whole returning to work yes, in the past year, too. Yes, for the third too. time, so yes. For the third time. So you've got lots of experience <laughs> with that, which is great. Yeah. So, Erin, I'm going to start with you. Um, yes. Like I said, I was very lucky to have your guidance during day one. I think I told you pretty early on that I was pregnant, and we yes, had a meeting, and I was like, I need the yes. details. What do I do? So yes. I would have been lost, like I said, but I feel like this is such a specific topic and you don't really care about it until you're pregnant, mm -hmm. until you need exactly. to know now. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So let's talk sharing pregnancy with the company, you know, from an HR perspective, when are you supposed to share the news and who do you have to tell? Sure. Um, so this can vary 
a little bit. We recommend that the pregnant employee shares with their manager and HR, and MB's instance, myself, mm -hmm. um, as soon as they feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that can take different forms. Some yeah. want to shout it from the rooftops, yep. you know, as soon as they know. And some are waiting for the first trimester to, mm -hmm. to go by. Or they, you know, they might be dealing with something else where they're just holding off. Yep. Um, legally, employees do not have to disclose um, under FMLA until 30 days prior to the expected leave date. That's <clears throat> crazy. To so, me. yes. Wow. So, um, you know. Obviously, at a certain point, the other team members will need to know mm -hmm. so they can plan for the leave and then maybe realign responsibilities while that person is going to be out. Do, what about like the the husband in that situation? Do they have to or the male? Do they have to tell you? that their wife is expecting or um, partner? So that's ideal. <laughs> I feel like we had that Sometimes, happen here, didn't we? We had a few uh, yes. families that you didn't even know about. I did not know until the baby was here. Um, so Surprise! You know, I, I don't always know in those scenarios mm -hmm. um, until later. But, you know, we that, that's okay. We can still work with it. But the biggest thing in that, um, in that situation is that they're notifying their team so they can plan. Right. And, you know, the paternity leave is not is long mm -hmm. um you know it is officially two weeks and then if they you know talk with their manager about extended time from that they can work that out together mm -hmm. um but there is planning that's involved right so mm -hmm. um if hr is one of the last to know it, it always ends up working <laughs> out but you know they need to be informing their manager and, and planning for the leave good notes i don't know how many males are listening to this episode but if you are <laughs> Tell your HR team if your wife <laughs> is expecting. Please do. Yes. Please do. So one thing I remember that I was really stressed about was all the appointments. Because mm -hmm. And I remember you were always mm -hmm. gone at your appointments. And I was like, man, she's got a lot of appointments. Everyone has a lot of appointments. Yeah. So yes. how do you suggest handling that? Like you don't have unlimited PTO, let's say. Or sure. you, you can't just have that flexibility. What do you do? Sure. Well, first and foremost, uh, and I have to disclaim that, you know, I am not an employment attorney. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not an expert here, but what I'm sharing is the things that I have learned <clears throat> and researched through mm -hmm. various HR mains. So, um, but under FMLA, prenatal care is covered. Okay. So, you know, you need to let your people go and, and have their prenatal care. Right. That's really important. And you hope that the, you know, employer is excited for the employee. I mean, they're growing our future generation. Right. They need to take care of themselves. Um, you know, for um, some, let's say they are not FMLA eligible. For instance, they haven't worked for their employer for a year or the employer mm -hmm. isn't covered F under FMLA because they don't have at least 50 employees. Right. Um, then, you know, they, they need to be able to work with that employee. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes they can do some flex time if they have to be gone for the appointment. Well, can they come in a little earlier or take right. a less of a lunch or stay a little later? You know, make it work. Mm -hmm. um, so <clears throat> and, and employers really need to be careful. Um, even if they aren't eligible for FMLA, they have to still be vigilant about um, following state and federal guidelines right. against pregnancy discrimination. Yeah. Right. So, oh, absolutely. And we're going to talk know. about that here in a little bit, too. The new act that was yes. in 2023. Mm -hmm. So I think one really cool thing about MB is that we have a few perks for pregnant people. And I don't know how common this is to other companies, but maybe some suggestions for other organizations that we can add what sure. what does mb do for sure pregnant well, people first you know i mean we want to celebrate our expecting 
you know, uh, employees and our end babies, as we like to call our them. Our end babies. Yes. So, <laughs> um, you know, we do have parking spots for our pregnant employees. and we Best have perk, in my yeah, opinion. That's right. Yep. Exactly, right? <laughs> um, we have company-wide and or team-organized diaper drops and baby showers. Yep. And when baby is born, we send food or meal gift cards. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we also give um, our returning employees a $400 bonus that they that can use as they nice choose. That is a nice perk. Yes. It can be for diapers or a couple date nights, you know, a house cleaner, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever they want. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, the diaper drops are unheard of. When yes. I, when I, I know yes. you've had three yes. and every time I came home with all of these diapers and I was just like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> yes. We want to shower our people. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. diapers are expensive. They are. So, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So Tiffany, I'm going to turn to you now. I would like to know a little bit about your EAP knowledge when it comes to, you know, wellness resources for pregnant women. We undergo a lot of changes mm-hmm. in 10 months. It's not nine months. It's 10 months. Yes. So can you share some of those with us? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, there are some really great, um, resources through many of the insurance carriers Mm -hmm. for maternity management. So a lot of these programs have education, resources, a coach that you can talk to, or just be there to support um, the females during the maternity and pregnancy stage. Mm -hmm. So um, some common questions that when I utilized our maternity management program, I I didn't know anything about breast pumps. Yes. Who do you ask? So I asked the experts um, from the maternity management program and they helped me choose the right breast pump that was for me. Wow. A lot of great resources through the different carriers. Um, Also, uh, as you mentioned, EAPs are a great resource. You know, not only are you going through the physical change of your body, but also the emotional change. There's a lot to that. Um, And it happens throughout your entire pregnancy and then post-pregnancy as well. Yeah, those hormones Mm -hmm. are wild. Yes. I will say I tapped into all of those resources that you said, and it was so helpful during... It, it is the biggest change of your life. Yes. You know, everything is different and you need a little help while you're still a working person. So, yes. yep. And everyone reacts differently. Right. Oh, so, absolutely. You know, there's no one size fits all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say that breast pump thing was yeah. tricky yeah. and you never really think about it. You just think you get one. No, there's like a billion types. (laughs) And what's covered by insurance, not covered. What's the best fit for you? What's going to work? And what costs extra? What's for free? Yeah, Yeah. I know. (laughs) Okay, so the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act 2023 policy. I remember when when I was pregnant, this came out and everyone was asking me about it. And I was like, I don't really know. So Erin, do you have some knowledge on this? I do. And again, I am not an employment attorney. (laughs) We're going to put a disclaimer at the bottom. Yeah, disclaimer (laughs) at the bottom. Um, So what I've learned about it, though, is this is all about reasonable accommodation. Employers are required to provide reasonable accommodations Mm -hmm. when there's a known limitation that is due to pregnancy, childbirth, or a related medical condition. Okay. So, and and that can span a, a very large array of things. Whether it's, you know, because of a physical um, issue at the time or mental health issue at the time or, um, you know, so, you know, certainly if somebody out there is is dealing with that, I mean, consult if you have an on-site attorney or somebody that you utilize that helps you with your policies and things like that, you want to be very diligent and understand the requirements of that act. Well, great. I'm glad we have some more, some more advocacy for us absolutely Bring the peeps. Love <laughs> that's that. right <laughs> all right well perfect so i'm going to transport our listeners to the next stage 
Your baby is here. Mm -hmm. Your sweet bundle of joy has arrived. And so it's time for maternity leave. And I'm, I'm reflecting back in August when I was four days overdue and everyone was asking me every day, (laughs) is she here yet? Is she here yet? And I was like, I wish she was, (laughs) but I was texting my boss about it. And I remember that day I was like, Hey, I think I'm going to take the afternoon off. I kind of have contractions. I'm not sure. And then an hour later, here I am going to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So who do you have to tell when you're having a baby? And then when Mm -hmm. do you, how do you notify? Mm -hmm. What do you know? Who do you tell? Sure. Um, so, you know, uh, we suggest number one, you're going to let your manager know number, so they know you're unavailable. Yeah. Hey, I'm out <laughs> of office right now. <laughs> and you know, in the event there is something emergent, um, that's happening that mm-hmm. somebody else needs to pick up. Right. Um, also too, that, that gives them the signal that most likely their maternity leave is beginning. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we have had some false labors and things, but you know, for yeah. the most part it's mm-hmm. starting. Um, and then, you know, it, Certainly you can let HR know it is not necessarily critical that you do that when you're on the way to the hospital, yeah. <laughs> you know, shortly after in the first couple days. Um, so we can do what we need to do, yep. you know, on the back end. Um, and, you know, so, and, and if there's anyone else that you're working closely with mm-hmm. that might need to know, yeah. just give them the heads up. Yep. yep. So. I love that. So I remember Tiffany, you mm-hmm. were, you worked from home that week before mm-hmm. Alex was coming yes. and every day we were like, is she coming? Is she coming? Yeah. So what was your experience like with that? Um, you know, thankfully my doctor and I had a plan. We had, um, a scheduled induction. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew when she was going to come. So that last week it was important for me to take that rest, but still working from home. So worked all the way up until the day of, um, and then the yeah, the next day I was like, okay, contractions, having the baby, Rachel out of op- put on my out of office. Yeah, that so. worked out pretty well. Yeah. Good timing, Alex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when does maternity leave start? And you kind of mentioned that it's like the day the baby is born, right? Well, or the day of you're done working. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay. So typically speaking, um, it's going to start when short-term disability mm-hmm. starts. Mm-hmm. And that can take different forms. So um, for MB, we have first day hospitalization. So you go to the hospital, you know, you're having your baby. That's when the claim starts. However, we also have after eighth day of disability due to a special circumstance. Okay. So for instance, if you were told that you have to be on bed rest in the home because your blood pressure is going up Mm -hmm. um, and you can't work. Okay. So that, that claim would start on that eighth day Mm -hmm. following that, but you might not be ready to have the baby yet. Right. So it really just depends on the situation. Mm You know, what we see the most is uh, went to the hospital. That's when it started. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. We okay. take them as they come. I was going to say, I'm sure every case is different. Like it is. Learned. Yeah. Absolutely. So what is the average amount of time that employees get off? I know we're very lucky at MB with our 12 weeks. Yes. And is what is the average? Do you know? Uh, so this ranges as well. Yeah. Do you mean kind of globally? Yeah. So this ranges a lot. Yes. Um, In the U.S. So, versus other countries even. Yes. yes. I mean, for some, it can be six months. Mm-hmm. For some, it can be three weeks or six weeks. Um, Ooh, three weeks would have been that would be really hard right um and so you know at mb we do have 12 weeks they do go quickly um you know so but what's great too is that it's at 100 percent of pay Mm -hmm. and that also varies across the board Mm -hmm. it depends on the employers and sometimes their size their Mm -hmm. benefit structure their plans and you know truly what they can do it is a cultural excuse me, cultural indicator at mm-hmm. times, but right. sometimes employers, there are reasons why they can't offer as much 
Um, and, and it really just depends. So, and there's a difference too on your delivery method, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, so that, so a uh, vaginal birth versus a C-section mm-hmm. only affects the short-term disability claim length. Okay. So in, you know, in most cases, if you have a vaginal birth, it's a six week short-term disability. Okay. Typically if it's a C-section, it's an eight week mm-hmm. just gotcha. because it usually takes longer to heal. Right. There are other, right. you know, healing factors. And, um, so, but it doesn't affect how long you are out in totality it just affects the length of the claim okay so very good thank you for explaining that you're welcome okay so tiffany as we know your three little girls that you have was your maternity leave different for each baby Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So that first baby maternity leave, you're in the thick of things. You don't know what you're doing. Are you doing everything (laughs) right? So you're you're a lot more stressed out during maternity leave. I tell this story often, but I had to literally force myself to take a nap when the baby was taking a nap because you just want to be awake. You want to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure you're taking in every moment. But you are a lot more stressed out for sure. Um, you're also trying to figure out, okay, how do I breastfeed? How do I clean the bottles? Oh how gosh, yes. do I get up every three hours in the middle of the night? And function. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's so much more to it. So that first one was um, a whole set of challenges. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the second maternity leave, it was a new set of challenges, right? You have two kids. So even though one went to daycare, you had to juggle the different of now staying at home with the baby and then another one in daycare and when they came home now you have double the laundry cleaning the bottles but feeding a toddler so (laughs) there's there's new sets of challenges now what I will say this third was the most amazing experience (laughs) (laughs) because I've done it two other times but you have little helpers yeah now you you have little helpers Mm -hmm. but I convinced myself to really enjoy every single moment of every day because Mm -hmm. um I knew that I got baby one-on-one time, 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. And at 5 p.m. when the older toddlers came home, it was chaos. But (laughs) it's so wonderful. Um, But we are so lucky to have 12 weeks for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing I learned is that ask for help during that time. And I know Tiffany came over one day just to hold Mia (laughs) so I could go run to Target. And I remember it's kind of hard because you don't always want to ask for help because you want to be a super mom. You know, you want to you and your husband or partner can figure it out and then no you yeah. need all it's a village it, like it, it truly is, is. it, it is. takes that's a true <laughs> statement it takes a village yep okay so what resources are available if you need you know mental emotional physical help and i know we said eap earlier but what do we do we recommend that to new moms or how do we what's our process for that so I think we both have yeah. Yeah, <laughs> some ideas here. Um, so number one, when I have a maternity planning meeting mm-hmm. with a pregnant employee, I always remind them of EAP mm-hmm. yep. because baby's not here yet, but they're all the you know bodily transitions and, and changes and emotionally, physically are happening. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, utilize that if you feel like it would be beneficial. Also, I like to remind them, hey, you know, your family's going through mm-hmm. this with you too. Right. And the, you know, and your dependents also have access to our EAP benefits. Mm-hmm. So if they need to, or you need to go through it together, cause you're trying to figure out what is this going to look like for us? Um, that, you know, so that, that conversation happens early and it's ongoing here at MB. Um, and then too, when somebody returns from leave, mm-hmm. I schedule a, you know, a check-in usually towards the end of the first week, just to see how they're acclimating, um, talk about benefits, but also EAP comes up again. Mm-hmm. Don't forget mm-hmm. 
this is here for you. Yep. So it's a that's a running theme within the walls mm-hmm. of MB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What and other to, resources did you have? Tiffany? To add on to that, not only do we have the EAP, but we also have our um, MB dedicated counselor, which mm-hmm. is a great resource. You know, sometimes not everybody feels comfortable utilizing the EAP, but that MB dedicated counselor is here every other Friday. Our it's virtual every mm-hmm. other Friday. Yep. So anybody can sign up for a session for that. Um, and um, also to go along with that, we have a wellness portal that mm-hmm. also has a lot of great resources in the wellness um, libraries area. We have nutrition videos, fitness videos, mm-hmm. and emotional mindfulness videos. So. Right. If somebody wants to work on some exercises, they're there and available. Um, watch some nutrition videos, maybe get new recipes, or even just learning mindfulness tips and tricks, how to meditate and the right ways to do it in certain lengths of time. All of those videos are available in our wellness portal. That recipe is a good idea, too, because I'm so used <laughs> to eating, you know, when you're pregnant, you yeah. eat chicken nuggets every day. <laughs> like, maybe I should add a salad back <laughs> there in there. With yeah. <laughs> you have to retrain your brain about yes. your fruits and veggies and Absolutely. adding them back in. So it's a lot of work but well, one of the things that I think is finally getting some traction in discussion is postpartum anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and I feel like that is a huge thing that normally isn't talked about but it needs to be talked about mm-hmm. so we could probably do a whole podcast on this in itself yeah. but it's still a tough conversation to have mm-hmm. so what um, suggestions do you have about that yeah, sure. And um, I have done a lot of research on this, mm-hmm. just being able to be in the area of EAP and, and learning a lot about this. That um, So according to NIH, um, one in seven women or 15% of women do have postpartum depression. Wow. So this has actually doubled um, in the last decade, uh, and, uh, and it's just gone up. Do you think it was around back in the day we just didn't know it yeah it had I, I to do. had to be yeah I, I do believe that yes. so when we sit here and say statistics they have doubled I strongly believe that it, it was probably still there mm-hmm. it just wasn't talked about as mm-hmm. much so mm-hmm. now it is becoming more of a topic where people are willing to share their thoughts and talk about um with their friends and family mm-hmm. because um we said it earlier but it takes a village and not only the village for the baby but also for you as mom and dad as well so that right. postpartum depression is so important to just find your support group for absolutely. sure absolutely yeah. Um, but the the thing that I've also learned is that anytime you have a major life change, there's always that adjustment period, mm-hmm. right? You need to figure out what works for you. So when you hear stories about, well, this is how I did it and this is how I did it, that may not <laughs> necessarily work for you. No. So, um, so find your rhythm and what works for you in the best way that you can take care of yourself and baby and family. Mm-hmm. So great advice. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Yes. So this question goes to either of you, too. If you need to take off more time than your 12 weeks that you're allotted, and let's say you do have postpartum depression or anxiety, how do you, what do you do? Like, it's probably not the easiest thing to call your HR team and be like, hey, I don't feel right. But how would you do that? Right. Um, Number one, that can be very scary. Yeah. Um, But we ask for transparency, like, hey, we're here. We want to support you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, bearing it, not discussing it is just going to make it worse. Right. So um, I will say, you know, we have to be consistent Mm -hmm. in our practices Mm -hmm. and and treat everyone fairly. Um, So from an HR perspective, we have to follow certain protocols. Um, You know, number one, though, we're always here to talk. Like, Mm -hmm. let's talk it out like what what does this look like for you because again it's not a one-size-fits-all right um and so it could be that you know we we do require that employees coming back from leave 
provide a return to work authorization. Right. If their physician is stating because of a pregnancy related medical condition, mm-hmm. which could be mental health, um, that they are not clear to come back, mm-hmm. then their claim could be extended. Mm-hmm. Okay. If they have exhausted short term disability, then we might need to think about transitioning to long term disability. Okay. So we we have to comply with the doctor's orders. Right. And we certainly, you know, want um, to make coming back in, in a good experience. Right. And for some, they can't wait to come back because mm-hmm. they want that balance mm-hmm. and, and they've missed everybody. And for some, it's it's just a lot more scary. Also, too, we have to be careful because it could be that there's a need for a reasonable accommodation mm-hmm. where, okay, well, they're cleared to come back for two days a week until they are cleared fully. Okay. You know, so again, that that um, is not a one-size-fits-all, and we just have to kind of take it as it comes mm-hmm. and address it, um, you know, in the manner that's appropriate for that person. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. And to add on to that, not not necessarily towards the medical condition side and postpartum side, but um, I had trouble getting a daycare spot for my third. Uh So um, it was actually her daycare spot opened up two weeks after my return to work um, date. So thankfully, I was able to work with HR and they gave me the go ahead and green light to start working, but work from home. So Mm -hmm. that way I could keep my little one um, at home until her daycare spot opened up. So there's all different kinds of situations that may pop up but to Aaron's point to be transparent and open and talking about it is going to be able to find the best resolution daycare yes. is hard to yes. get on that wait list too yes. oh it's gosh. not easy yes. well, that- and we want to work with people um you know those things are out of out of your control mm-hmm. right um so and we don't always micromanage those scenarios we are in the conversation and, and if, if we can work with the manager mm-hmm. and say hey does mm-hmm. this work while they can you know stay working from home for another week or two mm-hmm. and that works for the team some teams have different needs right um then we just kind of have to try to figure it out um but you know we ultimately figure it out and at the end of the day we want them to return to work we do we want them we absolutely do yes and so that that leads me into my next phase is the working mom era that's what i'm calling myself right now because once you leave that maternity leave bubble and then you're like there's a lot of changes we have daycare we have bottle prep we have every night packing the bags you have sleep you have to figure out it is quite the transition and juggling so the list goes on and on so do you have a story to share about returning to work Tiffany (laughs) Uh, lots I mean I could go on and on but what I will say is that every day is so different so I don't ever start my day thinking I know exactly how it's going to be planned out no no (laughs) best laid plans right (laughs) yes so there are some days where I can come to work everything goes as scheduled and as planned I get my entire to-do list checked off I'm good to go and then there are other days where I've gotten to maybe one or two things on my list and I get that um, call from daycare where a child is sick or a child has hit her head and bruised her entire eye and you just have to get up and go yeah because really in what we've um talked about at MB is that family is first and family will always be first Mm -hmm. so it's important for us to know that we show our kids that love as well so we get up and we um, go get our kids and then we take care of our family. Maybe then it turns into the rest of the day I'm working from home mm-hmm. or maybe you extend your hours, maybe work a little bit in the evening or get into work a little early the next morning to right. make up for what you couldn't get done on your to-do list. But um, every day is different mm-hmm. for sure. It's a fun adventure. Yeah. Yes. Being a parent. <laughs> 
<laughs> Isn't that right? It certainly is. So regarding pumping, this was a huge thing that I learned a lot about. There are a lot of policies regarding it. Yes. So can you share what organiza- organizations are required? Do they have to provide a location? How many hours? How many times a day? What is allowed? Yes. So employers um, do need to provide a private space that's not a bathroom. Okay. Um, that is free from intrusion from mm-hmm. coworkers or the public. Mm. So, uh, you know, if you don't have a space like that in your facility, then, you know, you need to consider that. Okay. And uh, there is, you do have to also provide reasonable break time for okay. pumping. There's no specific definition for that, but the recommendation is two to three, 15 to 30 minute breaks in an eight hour work period. Okay. So, you know, again, that's where the open, transparent conversations come in. Um, And, you know, different industries have different needs during different times of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is something that you have to build into that person's Mm workday. Is there a limit like up to a year or? It is. Yes. Up to a year. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't even know any of that. The more (laughs) we know, that's why we do a podcast, right? Exactly. (laughs) So what are a few other things that an organization can do to welcome a new mom back to work? This could be for both of you too. Sure. I, I know even my welcome back to MB sign yes. kind of brightened my day too because everyone signs it and says yes. we missed you and that makes sure. you feel pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a really big deal because um, again for some the transition is tough. No, oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So um, here at MB we like to announce their return to the mm-hmm. company and have a signed welcome banner mm-hmm. in their workspace. I also encourage you know teams and managers to hey check in with their person, mm-hmm. invite them to coffee or have lunch. Yep. Um, you know. Ask them the questions. How are you feeling? You know, has this been an easy transition? How can I help you? Yeah. Um, and just, you know, try to, to help them acclimate back into this routine. And the routine will be different because, you know, maybe they haven't slept the night before. Yeah. There's fatigue, mm-hmm. right? So, but just be in the know. Mm-hmm. Ask them questions and help them through it. Yeah, I um I love to check on new moms and just mm-hmm. go and ask <laughs> different stories that happened over maternity leave or see pictures of their baby because you can tell it brightens their day, right? Mm-hmm. That they want to oh, talk yeah. about their kids. <laughs> um, and that's great. And I love to hear about them. So just be welcoming and warm mm-hmm. and open to conversation. That makes so. the transition back so much better. Yeah. And so the last question I had, we're circling back to postpartum depression when we were discussing claims for that. Is it covered under short-term disability if you do have to be out for that? You know, so it could be okay. Um, again, you got to follow the right processes and protocols, and mm-hmm. certainly, um, if if a doctor is stating that you that you cannot return, you're not cleared for that, mm-hmm. um, then that's something that that we have to follow. Okay, and um, it also could fall under a reasonable accommodation. Okay, um, so you know, I would say you want as an HR team, we want to be very connected with the person mm-hmm. who's out and what's happening, so that we can guide them through that process. So, because uh, you know, for some, it's very smooth, everything's great, and some, it's not. And it could maybe come after you return to work too, right? 100%. Like it might not be right after you have the baby. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. And and in those scenarios, it's it's about being connected with your provider, your physician, mm-hmm. being open about how you're feeling and then figuring out, do we need to take action where you are not, you know, physically able to be working right. at this time? Yep. And, and then we just take those as they come as well. Yeah. Yep. It's all about flexibility in this new chapter. That's so. right. Yeah. So to wrap up this topic, 
what resources do new moms have to help with their mental health? Mm-hmm. Again, we, we talked about the EAP, but is there anything else that they can look into? Yeah, I would say there's um, two really important um, hotlines that I like to talk about with different organizations because maybe not every organization does have an EAP available mm-hmm. to their employees. So um, the very the first um, resource is the National Maternal Mental Health Hotline. Oh, wow. So the phone number is one eight three three tlc mama M-A-M-A. So this is a free resource that provides access access to uh, two trained counselors and resources 24 seven. So they are there to support anybody at any time who's going through pregnancy, postpartum, any, any sort of thing that has to do with baby. Um, The second resource is Postpartum Support International, uh, PSI, and they work to increase awareness among public and professional communities about the emotional changes that women experience during uh, pregnancy and postpartum as well. So that phone number is 1-800-944-4PPD. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't know about either of those resources. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. So both of you have been rock stars in this <laughs> podcast. So thank you so much. Is there thank anything you. else you want to add for our listeners regarding this topic? We yeah. love our babies. We do. We love our babies. <laughs> I'd say, you know, uh, for pregnant employees, educate yourselves, know your rights, yep. advocate for your well-being mm-hmm. and um, have a support system. Mm-hmm. Use that support and enjoy the journey. It goes very fast. Mm-hmm. Totally. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they grow up quick. Mia's five months today. Yeah. <laughs> Alex was 10 months yesterday. Oh. <laughs> it's fun. It's yeah. wild. But yeah. thank you both so much. This was so helpful. And we hope our listeners really enjoyed and learned some things about this pregnancy journey. So thank you for joining us on side effects. And if you have any questions or comments, you can, you can email me at Kenzie at healthierbirthdays.com. And we will see you next time on side effects. See you later. Thank you.